Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and have ourselves a drink. All right, and we are back in the lobby bar for the week of April the 4th, 2022. Brian and Michaela here with you as always. Now, Michaela, this week on our regular episode, we're doing a cocktail that is pretty complicated. So I spent a lot of time in various liquor stores tracking things down. But when I was walking through, a certain bottle caught my eye, and I wanted to talk about it today on the lobby bar episode. It is a new bottle of gin, and who doesn't love new gin? Me. No, I don't. I love new gin. No one, no one doesn't love new gin. You know what? That's not true. Anthony, my husband, he doesn't love any new gin. He doesn't love old gin. He doesn't love gin. It's the no. one thing that's wrong with him. <laughs> that's right. We, we all have our flaws. Um, and I guess that's his. Um, and no I, I, th- I think it's, I think it's really just, uh, you know, people haven't found the right gin yet, but I was walking by um, and I found this bottle It is uh, Hendrix Neptunia gin. It is from their cabinet of curiosities. The label caught my eye. It is very beautiful. Um, it is like this, it's like this blue color. Um, it's very, uh, it reminds you of the sea and that is perfect for, uh, this week's film. So I actually had a chance to crack this open and make myself a martini when I was watching, uh, the movie this week after I, you know, gave a test run to the cocktail we're going to be talking about because I wanted to check this out. So this is a coastal gin. Um, it has, it has a really strong, like botanical profile. You definitely get you know, some of that juniper in there, like your, your classic, um, Hendrix gin, it's got some cucumber, it's got some citrus notes to it, which is nice. And then it also has just this really faint hint of like salinity, um, you know, from, from this coastal gin. So it, it, it definitely reminds you of the ocean of sitting seaside. Um, I made a dry martini with it, which is, which is delicious. But I think for the lobby bar, we need to try this cocktail that is on the label. It's called the Neptunia fizz. So I whipped one of these up for us, Michaela. So let me know what you think about this. So it is, uh, it is one parts of the Hendrix Neptunia, a half part of fresh lime juice, a half part of simple syrup, soda water, and then three slices of cucumber, which Hendrix loves to uh, put in their cocktails. And this is lovely and seasidey and very refreshing. But what do you think about uh, this Neptunia fizz, Michaela? So I'm really excited about Hendrix gin in general. Um, This was, Hendrix was the gin that I drank that turned me on to gin. So I remember, gosh, maybe it was 10 years ago, 12 years ago, someone was like, hey, do you want a gin and tonic? And I was like, no, that's like my dad's old, that's an old man drink. I don't want that. And they said, oh no, this is a Hendrix gin and tonic with cucumber. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. that sounds fancy. So I was very excited when you sent me uh, your text with your pictures about this and saying, oh my gosh, I found this amazing gin because... I didn't know Hendrix made any other type of gin other than the classic Hendrix. So mm-hmm. this is amazing. It is very coastal. You know, I didn't understand what a coastal gin was versus a non-coastal, like a mm-hmm. landlocked gin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. But uh, but definitely it's it's definitely different. Um, and if you like gin, people of all, uh, you should go pick some of this up because I don't think it's too expensive but it's worth, uh, it's worth exploring because this is really nice. It's definitely a different kind of flavor profile, but um, the cucumbers do help uh, keep it, keep it kind of cucumbery, but not really. I like it. Just kind of lightens it up a little bit. So yeah, let us yeah. know if you, if you have seen the bottle of Neptunia out at your 
uh, liquor store. If you've tried it, let us know. And what you think about the uh, fizz, give that a try and let us know. Uh, what were people trying this weekend at the box office? That was going to see Morbius, Michaela. Morbius takes the weekend with uh, just over $39 million, um, You know, well ahead of The Lost City, Batman, Uncharted, and Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, um, I think no surprise really that Morbius took the weekend. Um, I think that Sony was a little surprised with the with the result. I think they were hoping for a little bit more because it's going to be facing some stiff competition here this week. So this was really kind of a a one shot sort of thing for Morbius to make a lot of cash. And I don't think it did quite as well as they were hoping. Uh, the reviews haven't been great. But uh, what are you hearing? What are you thinking about Morbius? Is, are you still planning to check this out potentially or? I am. I'm planning to check it out. I don't know if I'm going to make it to the theater this week. So I don't know. I certainly did not contribute to the 39 million, uh, unfortunately, with just coming down off of the Oscars and trying to, you know, sort the rest of my life out because I took a month off just to go watch 53 movies. So uh, I do plan on seeing it. I definitely um, I heard that Jared Leto's kind of okay in it. Um, but that it was disappointing because people, Jared Leto is like a, like a litmus test. I think you either love him or you hate him. I mm-hmm. think very few people are lukewarm on him. And so the people that loved him were disappointed, which is not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is not great if he's expected to, expected to carry this thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about it. I'm probably not really planning to see it unless uh, you and I get together and uh, just watch it some, some night on our uh, midweek uh, movie watching uh, time together. Yeah. But like I said, we've got, we've got some uh, competition coming in this week, so I don't know how well it's going to do. Um, it could very well drop out of the top five after its first week, uh, but we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, what does that do for the yearly box office standings? Batman's up about $20 million from where it was last week, almost up to uh, $350 million. It's running out of steam, but you know, well ahead of Spider-Man now. I don't know if anything's coming out that's going to really uh, push that for the time being, but we do have some pretty notable releases this week. We have three big releases, and I don't think in the time since we've started doing this podcast, um, or definitely not since we started doing the Lobby Bar, that there have been three big releases in one week. So that's that's new. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I guess next week will be our real our real first you know glimpse into what a what a full weekend box office looks like. So we've got, like I said, we've got three coming out this week. We've got the A twenty four film like multiverse weird uh looking thing everything everywhere all at once we have sonic the hedgehog 2 and we have the michael bay film ambulance all coming out this week all should do pretty well um uh, what are what are you thinking about these three releases michaela are you excited about any of these do you have any uh insight onto which one you think is going to take the weekend what are what are your thoughts here going into the first weekend in april I think I think Sonic the Hedgehog is going to do pretty well. Um, I'm not a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan, but obviously my son is a kid, so um, mm-hmm. he's going to want to watch that, and I'm probably going to take him to see it. Right now is the start where we live. It's the start of all the spring breaks, and mm-hmm. so I think that this is a perfect time to get kind of a family-friendly, kid-centric film out um, because a bunch of people are going to need something cheap, uh, well, reasonably cheap, I guess, thing to do uh, with their child. So th- it's probably going to do pretty well um, based on nothing else other than that. But mm-hmm. uh, everything everywhere all at once looks really interesting to me personally. I love Michelle Yao. Um, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. This has got a really interesting cast. Um, James Hong is in it. And we love James Hong from mm-hmm. from all of our 80s shows. Um, or at least I do. So I'm super excited to see this, um, this one, 
but it's uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the theater this week. So it'll be interesting to see how these play out. It's very like art house driven. At least that's what because it's from a 24. Right. It, But I think because of the multiverse kind of stuff that it covers, it's really caught a bunch of people's eyes. Everybody's into the multiverse. And maybe this is a little bit more like esoteric, intelligent, conversational Mm -hmm. piece around that. I'm not real sure, but it looks really good. I'm excited. Yeah. And they've done a pretty good job. I I feel like we've seen previews for this one, pretty much everything we've been to the theater to see, um, you know, which is, which is not something you always get out of, like you said, these uh, A24 more art house type of things. So yeah, I'm very interested to see that. I don't know if I'll get to the theater to see it or if I'll pick it up as a rental, um, you know, when it hits the streaming services. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, people are, people are excited about. People seem to you know, pretty much by and large, like the first Sonic the Hedgehog film, I didn't see it, um, but I think that that's going to do pretty well. And then you have Ambulance, which is a movie I'm kind of torn about. Uh, it is directed by Michael Bay, so it's going to be big and ridiculous and uh, pr- probably not great. Um, now, his films either are more big and more, or more ridiculous or more not great. So I guess we'll have to see how this this falls. But this stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaya Abdul-Mateen. And I love both of those guys. So, uh, I mean, it has to be pretty good, at least just, just from those two alone, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Jake Gyllenhaal has really become his his definitely his own person in acting right so he did a lot of interesting things in his early career and lately he's done kind of these art housey films that um like nightcrawler was amazing um velvet buzzsaw i think that's what it was called uh, mm-hmm. I saw it with Rene Russo. It's spectacular, uh, really creepy and dark, but he was amazing in it. And so I, I want to, I want to root for it. Um, but it's a Michael Bay film, which as a film buff, you're kind of, you, it's not a bad <laughs> thing. Look, Michael Bay, don't be offended um, by, by this podcast, but it's kind of one of those things, you know what you're getting into. It's going to be big explosions. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of big, <laughs> a lot of a lot of big a lot of big stuff yeah that's right a lot you of have big to... stuff but it's not necessarily high on like the acting scale right but we've got some serious actors in here so this will be this will be interesting yeah so we'll, we'll have to see i'm i'm interested to see it so I'll, I'll probably wait and see what the the reviews kind of are um again this is one i don't know if i'll make it out to the to the theater to see this we've got some you know we've got a bunch of big hitters here coming over the next couple of weeks so um yeah i'll have to have to check it out so i'm i'm fairly interested in all of these i definitely am going to see everything everywhere all at once so i'll just have to see um, when i'm able to carve out some time to do that but michaela for now i think we better take our neptunia gin we better mix up a couple more fizzes and head in because our movie's about to start all right let's bring the entire bottle because this is delicious All right. And we will catch everyone next week in the lobby bar.